Hi there, welcome to Embrace Your In-Between by Wider Visions. I am your host, Megan Shackleton, a certified transformational life coach and the founder of Wider Visions. At Wider Visions, our mission is to support your growth and expansion into the wider vision of your life. We are a platform where you can go to grow and we offer coaching courses and community to help you expand into who you'd like to be and the life you'd like to live. On this podcast, we engage in real conversations and share actionable growth guidance to help you embrace your in-between, the space between where you are today and where you want to be. Because after all, in the in-between is where all the growth happens. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Before we get started on today's episode, I want to remind you that the majority of our solo episodes, we have a free downloadable inner reflection kit. Our inner reflection kits are filled with guidance and journal prompts for you to take the theme or topic of the episode and integrate it further. At Wider Visions, we want to provide you tools and resources to really spark that inner transformation. And if you scroll to the bottom of the show notes, you should find a link to this episode's inner reflection kit. So today we're going to be talking about, do we need pain in order to grow? Or can we learn and grow without the hard, activating, challenging experiences? Do we need those sticky rock bottom moments to become a better version of ourselves? A friend and I were discussing this recently and she expressed frustration around the belief that the only way for us to learn and grow is going through the painful moments, the rock bottom moments, the rug pulled out underneath us moments, the unexpected deaths, the getting a bad health diagnosis, being let go from a job that you gave your all to, a big heartbreak. And I have to agree with her. Experiencing challenging moments isn't the only way that we learn or expand as individuals. But pain can be a powerful teacher. Pain can be a powerful motivator. Pain can be a big wake-up call. Because what happens in those moments is that it forces us to pay attention. And oftentimes, they require a systemic change in our behavior, our priorities, our time, and the beliefs that we hold about ourselves and the world around us. Many of us live life on autopilot. We aren't prioritizing times with ourselves, reflecting on our inner experiences, our wider vision, and shifting our mindset and behavior to embody it. This is what I like to call daily inner connection time. Oftentimes people avoid feeling or avoid having to reflect on those moments that it's easier to just numb out. Or perhaps they prioritize taking care of everyone else around them before taking care of themselves. As a society, we prioritize so much more of what we do, accomplish, produce, than allowing ourselves time to be with ourselves. We devalue prioritizing interconnection. 
reflection time, space, inner inquiry. Additionally, as humans, we cling to familiarity and certainty. And I want to say this is so normal. Literally, our subconscious and our nervous system, our brains and our body are primed for safety. We are wired to cling towards what's familiar because in our minds, what's familiar is what's safe. And in this case, even if what is familiar isn't ultimately what is best for us or what is lined with our wider vision that we have for ourselves, it's what we're biologically primed to keep doing. We stay stuck in relationships that don't feel fulfilling. We're afraid to change careers or even explore a new career direction because we will have to start over. And what if that other option is worse? If someone treats you with kindness or respect, you might label it as dishonest or manipulative if that's not how you're used to being treated. Or it can be waiting for that other shoe to drop because life can't feel this good. It feels unsafe to receive things. Our bodies and our brains are wired to cling to familiar. And transformation always requires change. It always requires a shift. It always requires a pattern break, whether that be a new way of thinking or a new way of doing. That's why so many of the practices that I teach and share with my clients in the wider vision community are rooted in mindset reframing and nervous system regulation because it's what really helps us embrace the unknown, embrace the in-between, embrace that gap between where we are and where we want to be. So unless someone is really prioritizing the inner work, spending time with themselves, doing inner inquiry, getting that inner awareness of where do they want to be, what direction do they want to go, and what are those internal and external shifts to get there, it's those rock bottom moments that really wake us up out of autopilot and really force us to reflect and get a wider perspective on how we want to be living our life. How are we living our life? And is it matching that vision that we have? Does it feel good to us? Are we spending our time the way we want to be spending our time? Are we giving into fear and staying small versus expanding and moving confidently into the unknown? Or do we need the universe to push us there? Because it's easy to be comfortable and feel unfulfilled. Oftentimes those rock bottom moments are what's jolting us into that expanded version of ourselves if we rise to the occasion. It's the pain pushing us until the vision pulls. It becomes a lot more uncomfortable to stay where we are because it's so painful versus leap into the unknown. Because sometimes the pain is pushing us into that more expansive version of ourselves until we get clarity on the vision, which then starts motivating us to move towards it, starts pulling us towards it. I believe that the universe wants to support us in living our most aligned, most soul-led life. And in a big way, that's why I created Wider Visions. As a way to consciously and intentionally grow into that expanded version of you and doing so in community with other people. I want to make inner discovery, inner awareness, and inner change feel accessible and fun 
so that we don't need those big wake-up call moments to force us to pay attention. So no, I don't think we need the rug pulled out from underneath us moments in order to grow, in order to expand. But what I think it requires of us is being self-motivated, being self-motivated to be curious about our mindset, be curious about our behaviors, our emotions, our thoughts, be curious about where we want to go. What ways do we want to be living our life? It can be the smallest of ways. It doesn't have to be major relationship or career changes. It could just simply be, I want to create more presence in my life. I want to feel more joyful. I want to feel more confident and more aligned with my self-worth. I know that for me, I'm prioritizing growing from a space of intentionality. But with that said, my painful moments have been some of my biggest teachers. I shared many of these anchor moments, if you will, these big soul growth moments in episode three, which outlined my story, all of the parts of myself that have really made me who I am today. But for instance, when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is a chronic autoimmune illness at 24, after nine months of working in an extremely toxic work environment, my anxiety and my mental health were at their worst. I was crying every day on my way to work, crying in the bathroom. I learned about the mind-body connection. It sparked for me this curiosity about holistic healing and about how my mental well-being can impact my physical well-being. It showed me the detrimental impact of keeping myself in situations that felt toxic and unsafe. And now I've used that painful moment of literally my body being in pain as a way of my body is speaking to me. If I feel a flare-up coming on, I can recognize that it's a sign that my self-love practice and my kinder self-talk practice maybe haven't been prioritized. And then I gently come back to them. So now because of that, I'm much more in tune with my body and I can listen when it whispers to me versus only when it yells at me. And again, I am not saying that I needed to experience fibromyalgia in order to come to this more expanded place, come to this new awareness. But at that time in my life, I wasn't prioritizing those things. The pain was a wake-up call for me to prioritize putting myself in safe situations, prioritize my well-being, prioritize that mind-body connection. Another big pain pushes until the vision pulls moment, another big soul growth moment, it's the way I like to call them and reframe them, is in 2020 when I was really feeling like the business that I had poured my heart into and given my all, worked to, you know, essentially a full-time job and then 
the full-time job of growing the business of Moxie Made. Felt like it was really taking off. I was curating intentional events for women to get mentorship and a space to connect and amazing mentors like Alex L and Sophia Rowe, the founders of Glow Recipe and more. I was really leaning into my purpose. But when COVID hit, everything stopped overnight. Without that really painful moment, I might have not questioned how much of my self-worth was wrapped up in what I do and how much money I make in my career and how productive I was. I might have not questioned how much of my self-worth was really held up in these external circumstances. And that's not really a stable or healthy place for my self-worth to be because it's outside of me. And so again, that sweetness, that wisdom that came from that painful experience was, I'm inherently worthy. I can build a purpose-driven business that is aligned with the rhythms of my energy. I don't have to be rushing to a destination. I can be focused on the journey. I don't need to earn my rest. I don't need to have a productive day in order to allow myself to take a break or have fun. I learned that it's actually healthy to hold that paradox of I'm going to give this project, this business, my all, hold integrity around it, and create a little bit of separation that that outcome or the result of it is not something that I have control or influence around. It's in the process versus the outcome. And also really recognizing that I can place trust when things are falling apart, but something better is coming. If that hadn't happened, I might have not discovered coaching for quite some time. And so by no means am I saying we need pain in order to grow. But what I am saying is if we aren't prioritizing time with ourselves, we might be living life on autopilot. We might be rushing through our days, moving on to the next, thinking about the next success or the next destination that we want to go. Instead of taking inventory on, am I living my life in a way that's meaningful to me? Am I being kind to myself? So now I'd love to share three practices for being intentional with your growth versus only growing through the wake-up call moments. While we can't avoid all the painful moments, I do believe that if we are prioritizing intentional growth, and we have tools and resources to help us navigate those times, we can navigate those sticky, challenging moments with a little bit more self-compassion, perhaps a little bit more ease, a little bit more detachment, a little bit more perspective. And I also believe if we're prioritizing our growth, prioritizing interconnection, perhaps we won't let situations go that aren't working for us anymore, that we really need to truly release or let go of or shift. We can avoid needing things to scream at us before we change. And instead, we're proactively changing and shifting and pivoting and doing it with a little bit more proactiveness versus reactiveness. And what that looks like is daily interconnection time. For me, a big practice of mine that really aids in this is journaling. I love using journaling as a tool to create a little bit of separation, literally, through the words on the page, 
of the narratives and stories that I'm telling myself. First, externalizing it, getting it out, and then being curious about it. Is that true? Is there another way to look at this? What information can I distill about this situation? A lot of times I hear, I don't have enough time to prioritize journaling or meditation or time with myself. And what I would say to that is, we don't need to hold ourselves and hold our self-love practices to such a high standard that makes it not worth it if we can't live up to that expectation. And so what I mean by that is five minutes of journaling, five minutes of going for a walk around the block, five minutes of meditation, five minutes of presence can compound into really impactful changes in our well-being. And so your interconnection time, let yourself be the guide of what is sparking curiosity for you. And then lean into that. It's essentially just meant to be time with yourself, time where you are dialing down the noise of the external world and then tuning into what your thoughts are telling you, what your beliefs are telling you, what emotions are coming up for you, and then being curious about it, sparking inquiry about it, and then gently shifting your perspective into something that is more kind, something that's more loving, something that's a bit more compassionate. And then from there, experimenting with what you could possibly change. Perhaps that's a new way of thinking. Perhaps that's a new action that you can take. We don't have to take ourselves so seriously. We can just look at it as an experimentation. What are you looking to welcome more in your life? For me right now, I'm looking to welcome more slow living, more presence. What that means is I really want to engage with life from the lens of pleasure and from the lens of being really present with my husband, with my friends, with any experience that I'm having. And that presence can be simply really enjoying a glass of water. It doesn't have to be this huge, profound shift. It's believing that these small changes and tweaks that we can make to our life can compound into something impactful, something big. As a society, we are primed to be productive. We look at our time as how can I be the most productive? How can I have be the most efficient, have the most output? I recently read in Catherine Price's The Power of Fun that prior to the Industrial Revolution, we used to look at productivity as the completion of a certain task. And once that task was done, whether it be picking up the hay I'm not sure when that task was done, all of that other spaciousness of time was left to be enjoyed, whether it be reading or engaging in conversations with your loved ones. That's what it meant to use your time and be productive with your time. And then with the Industrial Revolution, we really switched to this perspective of time equals value, time equals money. And it even became reflected in our language of We don't want to waste time. We're spending time. And so in order to prioritize time with yourself, time doing the inner inquiry, the inner curiosity, growing intentionally, it truly means that you must look at your time differently. It's looking at that time as a way to live a more enriching life, a more meaningful life, a life on design. 
it's looking at it as it might not inherently look productive in the way that we use the word as a society, but actually in the long run, I'm creating a life that feels meaningful to me. I'm creating a life that feels fulfilling to me. I'm creating a life that feels expansive and stretchy and exciting and really living out my full potential. And we can only do that if we're prioritizing time with ourselves because truly our external reflects our internal. The other tool that is really important in order to grow intentionally versus only through pain is practicing the art of detachment. So it's the dance of experiencing our emotions, but also not indulging our emotions. It's yes, not bypassing those challenging experiences or our emotions that come up, but also not overindulging in them and over-identifying with them that then they pile on and get even more activated. When we are practicing detachment, we recognize that all emotions have a purpose. And that purpose is information. Our emotions tell us what our subconscious thoughts and beliefs and narratives are telling us beneath the surface, what's going on beneath the surface. And our body, likewise, also has information. But it's not getting so wrapped up in our emotions that then we have that meta experience of emotions about our emotions. It's transcending them. It's reframing our thoughts and our reactions. It's creating a little bit of pause between the situation and our response. And that's why spending time with ourselves is so important because it also trains our brain and those automatic responses that we have to default in creating a little space or distance between the trigger and the reaction. We get better at self-soothing and then consciously choosing to show up as the version of ourselves that we'd like to be. And so a practice that really helps me with detachment is looking at how I'm labeling situations. So you can say, this is challenging, this is triggering, this is sticky, this is activating versus this is bad, this is painful, this is the worst. By being mindful of the language that you're using to label situations, it can help soften it, it can create that little bit of distance where, again, you're having that pause to choose your reaction. And again, this is not about bypassing the experience, spiritual bypassing, avoidance of bad feelings, because truly you must feel it to heal it. And our emotions and our feelings and our body sensations all have information in there for us. But it's about feeling it and then getting curious about it, about inquiring about it, about reframing it, about Can I look at this another way? Is there a kinder way for me to perceive this situation? How do I want to respond? How does that expanded, wider vision version of me respond to this dynamic? And then my third practice that really fortifies me in intentional growth and being choiceful in how I want to respond to triggers or activating moments is meditation. Oftentimes we think of meditation as it should just be this relaxing experience, but truly it's a practice. For me, some days it feels really juicy, really good, and then some days it's sticky and my brain is moving really fast and there's a lot of chatter. But what meditation does beyond just the spiritual side of the practice is it's training our brain to come back to presence which helps us take a beat in those moments 
where we automatically want to respond. We automatically want to get triggered in some story or some thought loop. One of my biggest values is connection. Connection with other people, a more meaningful connection with the universe, and a more meaningful connection with ourselves. And I truly feel like facilitating that connection and prioritizing it, the connection to our inner experience, the connection to that wider vision that we're looking to create in our lives, that connection to the version of ourselves that we want to be, that by prioritizing and giving energy and giving space to that experience is really what allows us to grow with more ease and shift and change our lives from intention versus only from pain. But what it also does is it fortifies us It creates habits and ways of being that when we are in those activating moments, we're already spending time with ourselves. We are already being curious about our inner experience. We're already in the practice of telling ourselves kinder things. Because I don't think life is always going to be rainbows and butterflies. That's not what this human experience is about, but we can have tools that help us navigate those sticky moments with more ease. We can find joy and wisdom in the sticky moments. And again, it's not avoidance of those emotions and those those feelings that come up because it's information for us. But if we aren't spending time with ourselves, we're not taking time to inquire about it, they're going to compound until we can no longer ignore it. Thank you so much for joining me. Make sure to download this episode's inner reflection kit to really integrate the topic of this episode a bit further. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Embrace Your In-Between by Wider Visions. I'd love to end by having you ask yourself, what is one thing you will do this week to step into your wider vision? What is one commitment that you want to make to your growth and expansion? If this podcast sparks some self-insight or self-discovery, we would so appreciate you sharing with your community, subscribing to be in the know for future episodes, and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, be sure to look in the notes below for today's custom inner reflection kit, a free guidebook to integrate today's topic further. As always, reach out on Instagram or TikTok at Wider Visions or my personal handle, at Megan.Checkleton, to let us know how we can support your expansion. Until next time, set the intention to embrace your in-between.